Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexanero Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Tuesday, March the 14th, 2023. And on today's podcast, we are going to preview Friday's NCAA tournament game between Kentucky and Providence. It's a 7-10 start on CBS there at the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina. Kentucky comes into the game as the number six seed in the East Region. Providence is the number 11 seed in the East Region. Both teams 21 and 11 on the year. To help me preview the game, I talked with Kevin McNamara, who's the Dean of Providence Media covering Providence Sports, Providence Athletics. Uh, Kevin now has a radio show on WBRO there in Providence. Uh, He also has his own website. We talked about the Friars, their season, their strengths, their weaknesses going into Friday's game. And to talk about the Wildcats, I talked with my colleague and fellow sports columnist at the Lexington Arrow Leader in Kentucky.com, Mark Story. We talked about UK's draw and how the Cats are, uh, the, the expectations for these Cats coming into this particular NCAA tournament game. So let's get right to it. First, my interview with Kevin McNamara, and then my interview with Mark Story. Okay, I want to welcome into the podcast my guest, Kevin McNamara, who has covered Providence basketball and Providence sports for a long time, done an excellent job, done a great, he's the guy to talk to about Providence sports. He's currently has a radio show at WPRO Radio, and he has his own website, Kevin MC Sports, Kevin Mac Sports. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing well, John. How are you? I'm doing good. Kentucky and Providence on Friday night, a first-round game in the NCAA basketball tournament. Uh, Kevin, tell me about this Providence team. What were the expectations for them coming into this year, and how have they played overall? Yeah, it, it's been a surprisingly strong season for the Friars. Uh, they, John, they, they were a Sweet 16 team last year, lost to Kansas, gave Kansas uh, quite a push, as a matter of fact, the Sweet 16 game in Chicago before losing. Uh, lost the bulk of their team, all five starters. Uh, they, they did welcome back the Big East Sixth Man of the Year in Jared Bynum, but, but basically rebuilt on the fly through the transfer portal. And uh, Ed Cooley has been a uh, somewhat of a savant, uh, not only in the transfer portal the last couple of years when the portal exploded, but uh, really throughout his 12 seasons at Providence. He's always been able to to integrate transfers into his lineup. Uh, this year, the transfers have been his best players. Uh, one is Bryce Hopkins, who Kentucky fans obviously are familiar with. Uh, it, it exploded this year. They knew that because he was going to be featured, 
Uh, he'd have the opportunity to, to be a good player. And almost from the start, he's been very productive. I'd say he has fallen off in the latter half of the season. I think he's gotten tired. Really? Uh, I think also uh, teams have really focused on him because he is their best player. Uh, the, the other uh, impact transfer uh, among several has been Devin Carter. He was a all-rookie SEC guy in uh, in at South Carolina last year. So those two SEC transfers have uh, done outstanding job in the Big East this season. What 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 about under Coach Cooley this year? What what are their strengths? What kind? I mean, do they do they like to play fast tempo? Are they a slower team? I know they're ranked, I think, sixteenth in Ken Palm and offensive efficiency. What's what's been the strength of this team? Yeah, uh, Ed Cooley's go tos throughout his time at Providence, and this is his. If you count the 2020 season that obviously didn't have a tournament, Providence was going to make that tournament. It would be 8 of 12 uh, NCAA uh, appearances. But uh, throughout that stretch, they've been a defense first team, defense and rebounding. Uh, very physical, uh, you know, chuck every cutter, uh, kind of a, a typical Big East type team. Maybe not as long and as athletic as as a Kentucky or, or the SEC you know, high-end teams, but very physical. Uh, this year, it's been the opposite. Uh, their defense is outside of the top 100. Uh, it's been it's been bad in the last month. Uh, that's really been the biggest problem in their in their. Uh, they've lost their last three, four of their last five, six of their last ten. That said, to your point, offensively, they have a lot of offensive weapons. Uh, I, I'm not, It's funny, John. Uh, you know, uh, we we all know. Ken Palm and adjusted efficiency. I'm shocked to see that Providence is 16th in adjusted uh, offense because I think they're a good offensive team, but but not explosive. Uh, they they've gotten caught in some shootouts because their defense has been so bad, and uh, I think that it, that's that's you know uh, increased their offensive efficiency because they put some points on the board. What about? I know they finished the season uh, with a three-game losing streak. Uh, I know it looked like looking at their stats, teams have shot the th- uh, three against w- pretty well <clears throat> against them down the stretch. Uh, is that should we read a lot into that, or was that just a victim of circumstances? And you kind of throw that out going into the tournament. No, it's been a head scratcher. Uh, again, Cooley has really focused throughout his time uh, about uh, denying the three-point line, uh, giving up tough twos and no threes. Uh, that hasn't happened. Uh, now, again, uh, the proviso at the end of the year uh, here, uh, again, lost four or five, is two of the four were against Connecticut. I think we would both agree they're, they're one of the better teams in the country. And another was Xavier, who I believe is a is a four seed. Th- those teams are better than Providence. Uh, the only bad loss was Seton Hall at home, where Providence really didn't show up defensively at all. And then Seton Hall was one of those teams that shot threes. Um, uh, Providence's guards... Jared Bynum and Noah Locke, uh, Noah, a, another uh, SEC transfer. Right. He, he did three years at uh, uh, at Florida and one year at Louisville. Uh, are just not good defensive players. Noah's had a very good year, by the way, at Providence, shooting the ball. Uh, is their top three point threat, uh, but is not a defensive tiger at all. And Bynum is very small, and he, he can get he can get chopped up in the pick and roll, and and that's what the Big East coaches uh, figured out at the end of the year. Speaking of Big East coaches, there seems to be a, uh, some speculation, a little buzz about Georgetown and Ed Cooley. Uh, what do you read into that, and is that any sort of distraction going into the tournament? Well, I, I think it's definitely a distraction. Uh, I, I, my sources tell me that this is real. Really? Uh, obviously, will be dealt with at the end of Providence's season. Uh, the, the, the simple 
simple thing is Georgetown fired Patrick on uh, Thursday, last Thursday. Mm-hmm. And there's really been no other hot name that come out uh, since. And uh, needless to say, Georgetown knew that this was Patrick Ewing's last year. Uh, they're clearly waiting for someone who's coaching in the tournament. And I, I know that Ed Cooley is uh, at the top of their list. Okay, what does Providence have to do on Friday to beat Kentucky? I know uh, Ed Cooley and Cal Perry have squared off. Uh, John was talking the other day about he's known Ed ever since back to his days at UMass when Ed was an assistant. They played a couple of times uh, since John's been at Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky was able to win both. One of those games was at the Barkley Center. How does Providence right. get the win over Kentucky on Friday? Uh, Providence has to be able to defend. If they can keep this game uh, in the in the high 60s, low 70s, I think they have a chance to win. If Kentucky's offense, especially from the three-point line, uh, hurts Providence, I, I don't think Providence can stay with Kentucky. I think Kentucky is very thin. You know that more than anybody else. Right. They're beat up. Uh, but if their top seven uh, show up and play, uh, I think they have a little bit too much size and athleticism for Providence. Providence is a little small. They have a very tough uh, center in Ed Croswell. He's probably 6'8 on a good day. He's dominated uh, many Big East centers. However, when he runs up against a legit big guy, uh, like, a, like an Adama Sonogo at, at Connecticut, uh, certainly like an Oscar Shibwe, uh, that that's the matchup to watch. But I, I guess it's been that way all year for Kentucky. If Oscar uh, truly dominates, then Kentucky's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, that, that that's true. Uh, Kentucky gets a lot of their points off the offensive boards, uh, mm-hmm. so we'll see how that matchup goes as well, especially with Bryce Hopkins in there as well. There's a lot of interest here, of course, about Bryce matching up against his old teammates on Friday as well. Uh, Kevin, remind the listeners uh, where they can find you on Twitter and where they can find, uh, find you online. Yeah, uh, please. Uh, Kevin McNamara33 is my handle on Twitter. And online, it's uh, Kevin Mac Sports, KevinMCSports.com. And uh, I know that sports radio is big in Kentucky. It's big here in Rhode Island as well. And uh, we're at WPRO, the home of uh, Providence Basketball, John. Well, be sure and check out everything that Kevin does. He, he's done a great job over the years covering Providence sports, all the way back to Rick Patino. We were talking about <laughs> Rick before we started <laughs> recording. Where's Rick going to end up? Do you think he's going to end up at St. John's? I sure do. That's, uh, that's what everybody tells me, and uh, I trust the people who I talk to. Um, uh, I, I can tell you one thing. If he gets hired at St. John's and the next day Providence's job opens open, that there's going to be an awful lot of broken hearts in Providence. Uh, <laughs> we, we, I, I think they they, they, they paved the uh, Route 95 in gold to get Coach Patino back at Providence. Uh, an awful lot of Providence fans, anyways. Yeah, oh yeah, I'll bet. I'll sure, I'm sure. Well, Kevin, thanks a lot so much. I really appreciate you being on the podcast, and uh, look forward to seeing you this week in Greensboro. Yeah, enjoy the game on Friday, everybody. Okay, thanks to Kevin McNamara. Before we get to Mark's story, a quick reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Check out all my work on Kentucky.com and the print edition of the Lexington Arrow Leader. Uh, we, I would encourage you to go to Kentucky.com, hit on the subscription tab, and check out all the offers for subscriptions to Kentucky.com and the Lexington Herald Leader. We appreciate everyone who supports our work at Kentucky.com and the Herald Leader. I appreciate everybody who supports the podcast. You can do so by leaving us a rating and review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned In, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. That just helps more people find the podcast. Podcast. Okay, when we come back, we'll be talking to Mark's story of the old leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, I want to welcome into the podcast my friend and colleague, fellow Herald Leader Sports columnist Mark Story. How's it going, Mark? 
Good, John. Uh, Kentucky and Providence on Friday night, NCAA tournament opener. Uh, first, Mark, let's talk about the draw. What kind of draw? Kentucky comes into this tournament after losing in their first game in the SEC tournament. They've got 11 losses. Uh, what about this team and what about this draw? What did you think about the draw? Well, the team uh, confounds me. They lose game. They lose games that I don't even think are in doubt, and then they win games that I don't think they have any hope. So, you know, I, my firsthand memory of UK basketball. You know, I was a little kid and can sort of barely remember kind of the last two years when Adolph Rupp was the coach. So, I have a pretty long frame of reference at this point, and I don't ever remember a season where the team was is this unpredictable. Um, so yeah. yeah, the team, I, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they again are one and done and I wouldn't be completely shocked if they, you know, make the final four. I mean, yeah. this thing is just, you know, I just think they're pretty much totally, uh, it can totally unpredictable. You know, I think the draw for a six seed is fairly favorable. Yeah. You know, I don't know that Providence is a great matchup for them, but, you know, they come into this having lost three in a row. They haven't played well down the stretch. If you win and the seeds hold, you know, Kansas State is four and four in their last eight. You know, I don't think they're playing their best basketball at the end. You know, just sort of, you know, cursorily having looked at their statistical profile, they remind me a little bit of Tennessee, and that's the one team Kentucky has pretty consistently played played well against so you know i think the draw you know is actually pretty favorable especially given the season kentucky's had and where they're they're seated you know whether they can do anything with it who knows <laughs> right that's the whole thing i agree with you 100 percent. i think the draw is very favorable for them that's not to say that they're going to you know win the first game they can easily lose the first game but if uh the path is there to at least get to new york and i think even if they get to new york uh i think they've got a chance against the teams that are probably going to end up there as well but to do that they've got to play well and be consistent which we have not seen from this team this year uh uh, get to that in a second. What about, of course, the big factor in this game is Bryce Hopkins, uh, the transfer, played last year at Kentucky, didn't play all lot, transferred, went to Providence. In Providence, he's all, he's first team all Big East, leads the Friars in scoring and rebounding. He's a, he's one of the five finalists for the Carl Malone Award, goes to the top uh, uh, power forward in the country. What kind of factor is he in this game, you think? Well, I think it, he makes it interesting. He he certainly gives the game a storyline. And, you know, I, I don't think there'll be much middle ground with him. I think he'll either come out and, you know, just strafe Kentucky, or I think he'll struggle. I mean, I think it's hard to know as a former, as a player going against your former team, you know, just do you feel pressure? Is it all just a chance to show, hey, I should have been playing a whole lot more last year. You had a gym and didn't use it. I mean, you know, I think it's a really interesting uh, a facet to this game. Yeah, I mean, Cal Perry has always said in the past about it, the guys that go, when he's had players who go back to their hometown or home state to play, they never play well because they put too much pressure on themselves. Uh, and I noticed Ed Cooley said, uh, the Providence coach this week said that, you know, he was going to put his arm around Bryce and tell him, you know, just relax, play your game. Don't, you know, don't get too hyped up for this game just because it's against your uh, former team. Uh, but it's definitely a factor in the game. Uh, okay. 
back to Kentucky and back to their unpredictability. What if I think we both agree they've got a favorable draw. I think Kansas State would be a. I mean, Kansas State, from my standpoint, I think you're right. I mean, they haven't played well down the stretch, but they play in a very tough league, and I think the Big 12 has been the best league in the country. Uh, but I think they're a beatable team. Kentucky could beat them. What has to happen for Kentucky to make a run in this tournament, you think? What are you looking for from this Kentucky team that shows you, hey, they are going to be able to make a run? Well, I think the question is defensively. I mean, they have not been good defensively. You know, I think Vanderbilt spread them out, you know, had a lot of little quick guards, and Kentucky, frankly, didn't have enough guards to match up with them. And, you know, I think to me that's partly why Providence is dangerous because I think they can play three guards and spread you out. Um, You know, I think if Kentucky can get by that one, and, you know, our colleague Ben Roberts, you know, had a pretty good stat about Kentucky and how they've struggled against teams, you know, elite offensive teams, you know, what, one and six, one and seven against teams that are in the uh, top 25 and adjusted offensive efficiency at Ken Palm. And Providence is one of those teams that would fit that definition. So to me, that to me looks like the the, kind of the, the, the tricky matchup for Kentucky defensively, if they can get past that one, you know, you know, and, and I agree with you. I think the big 12 is the best conference. I don't even think it's particularly close. Right. Um, so you have to respect Kansas state, but again, just in terms of the matchup and their statistical profile to me, they, they would be a better matchup for Kentucky than Providence. Yeah, no. Yeah, I agree. What about player wise for Kentucky? Is there one or two players that just absolutely has to play well, uh, for Kentucky to have any chance of advancing? I think they have to hit shots. I think Kaysen Wallace and Chris Livingston, I think the freshmen are really important. You know, when Livingston has played well, you know, a lot of Kentucky's best games this year have been when he's played well, especially down the stretch. And then I think, you know, Kaysen Wallace is really important. I mean, I know they beat Arkansas without a point guard, but I don't think that's a sustainable formula. So, uh, you know, I think they need him, you know, healthy and, and able to go. If nothing else, they need him as a kind of a, their best bet to try to lock down a right. perimeter score. Right. You know, they got strafed last year at tournament time by opposing perimeter players. Right. And they got strafed by Vanderbilt in the tournament this year. And you're getting ready to play, you know, going to games against some pretty good guards. And, and can they slow those guys down? Right. Right. Can you change when you've been a bad defensive team uh, pretty much all year? Can you, especially, and you've been hurt by, uh, I mean, you're exactly right, teams with guards, good guards have hurt them. Uh, they've been hurt on the pick and roll. Teams have attacked Oscar off the pick and roll or just driving the ball at him. Can you change your identity uh, in this short of time? I think in, I think you can play to the best of your ability. You know, I don't think they're going to go and morph into you know a, a, a vintage lockdown Calipari type defensive team. You know, I think Oscar, for all his many virtues, and, and his virtues are many. You know, I, he, he's not a rim protector, so you don't have that. That wouldn't be as big an issue if you were really good. You know, you had guys locking up people on the perimeter well they don't have that either right that's a bad combination (laughs) but you know i think you know just you know they need to play as well as they can play defensively and hope that's enough you know i think i think there is a range you know they're not a great defensive team but i think there's a range of playing better or just playing horrible and 
you know, you, you hope for the, you know, they're on the good side of that range. Right. You know, you talk about rim protection. I remember back earlier uh, podcasts with you, you said it, and uh, a lot of people said it. I thought one of the big improvements on this team over last year's team is they were going to have some rim protection uh, with Oscar, but with uh, Damian Collins and Onyenso and guys like that, it's never really developed. What do you think just – the fact that Collins, obviously, what he went through at the beginning of the year with his father passing away right before the season started, uh, never he never seemed to really get into the rotation for any uh, any stretch of time. Is that is that one of your big disappointments with the team this year? Well, I thought there were two things, and I did enter this year thinking they would be better defensively. I thought you know either Collins and once we saw Yenso a little bit, he was far better early in the year than I was expecting. So I thought you know they, they had the potential to have some room protection. But I thought they would be better on the perimeter. Yeah. You know, I thought the I thought they were longer and would be more athletic. You know, I thought what hurt them last year, they weren't especially long on the wings and they weren't that athletic. And that's a big departure from you know what John Calipari Kentucky teams have traditionally been. I thought they would be closer to that this year, and they really haven't been. And, you know, the post thing, I think you're right with, you know, Damian Collins. I just think you know, with what happened, you know, it just under highly understandably, you know, sort of took, you know, took him out of the mix early in the year, and it just seemed like they never really found a niche for him. And I, for whatever reason, he just chose not to use a Nienso. Yeah. I mean, he just, you know, d- decided not, not, not to use him. And, you know, it'll right. be interesting to see. Assuming he stays, I think there's a chance he can be, you know, really terrific next year. Um, yeah. But you know that that the the latter to me was just a coaching decision. Yeah, no, yeah, no. He fits the profile like one of the coaches said early in the year. He's he fits the profile of like a future NBA star on Yenza. I guess they just figured he was too raw uh, to be able, especially when they got into conference play, to be able to play him. Okay, let's let's delve into the unthinkable. Let's say that Kentucky does lose to Providence. I think they're a three and a half point favorite, which would be the second straight year they got knocked out in the first round on. Fans are not going to be happy. On the other hand, they do have a, a number one recruiting class coming in next year. Cal already have referred to that on uh, Sunday in his press conference with us after he um, after the selection show. He made mention of you know we get a couple of guys back and you know with the class we got coming in we'll be ready to go next year. Uh, but what is the mood of Big Blue Nation going to be if they do lose to Providence on Friday night? Uh, would toxic probably not be strong enough? <laughs> probably not. That's Apocal- apocalyptic. Apocalyptic. Um, probably not. Especially if Bryce Hopkins goes off on him. That's right. not going to help. The worst case scenario is Bryce Hopkins goes for thirty-two and sixteen, <laughs> and Providence, you know, beats Kentucky and. and you extend, you know. That's what you, I wrote my know. column on. Yeah, the worst. He's their. He's possibly their worst nightmare come true. Right. If that happens, uh, you know, I think a lot of people say that you know, the only way to sort of salvage this is to go to the Final Four, and I probably believe that. But I think it really matters if they could win a couple and at least get to the round of sixteen. I think that would be a whole lot better than if the season ends in Greensboro, just for a number of perception reasons. And you know, just winning a tournament game, because you know, that would at least remove the talking point that they haven't won in the tournament since 2019. Right. And if you could at least get back to the Sweet 16, you know, that 
I think that would leave a, at least a somewhat better taste in people's mouths. So, you know, not that this is any kind of penetrating, you know, observation here, but I think this is a really important weekend for John Calipari and his basketball program. No, I, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I think if I'm like you, if they, obviously if they get the final four, uh, everybody would be ecstatic, but if they could at least get out of Greensboro and get to New York, I think that would uh, keep the wolves at bay at least for a little bit. So, Final question. Kentucky wins on Friday night if they do what? If they can defend competently on the perimeter. Yeah. Yeah, because like you mentioned, Providence, they've got uh, Bynum, and then they got a couple of guards that Kentucky is Knows well. very yeah. familiar with, and Devin Carter, especially Noah Locke from his time at Florida. I don't guess he played against Kentucky Louisville because the game was canceled. Is that right? Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You, know, you know, Carter played pretty well against Kentucky last year for South Carolina. Uh-huh. Locke, other than has had one good game against Kentucky, but he he's not. He actually hasn't played that well against UK. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, it'd be an interesting matchup. Of course, uh, uh, I agree with you. I think it's a very important game for Kentucky, uh, not just from the fact it's surviving and advance in the NCAA tournament. Uh, 7-10 on CBS down in Greensboro. Uh, Mark, remind the listeners where they can find you on Twitter and how they can check out all your work online. Um, I'm on Twitter at Mark C. Story, and you can read me on, at Kentucky.com and KentuckySports.com. And be sure to check out Mark did a really good column on Breathitt County going into the Boys State Tournament. Uh, be sure and check that out as well, as well as all of his uh, NCAA tournament coverage and his picks. Who did you pick to win it all? Or should I not tell and make people go find it? Well, I would be glad for people to, to click on that, but I'm, and, and you can laugh at me, and, and I'm just going to give this disclaimer. I do, I do immediate picks. Right. They want picks up as soon as the bracket's out, so my picks are immediate. I picked Texas over Arizona. Okay. Now, when I really got to thinking about that, you look at Texas's draw. I don't think Colgate is an easy game. That's a difficult team to play against. And then they could have Texas A&M in the second game, which will be a holy war. Right. So I don't even know that they're going to get out of the first weekend, but that didn't stop me from picking them to win it all. <laughs> they're playing well. I watched that game against Kansas in the Big 12 final. They, they're playing really well. It'd be a heck of a story if Rodney Terry led them to, uh, led them to the championship or the Final Four uh, after what happened with Chris Beard and so forth. So, yeah, you're not – I picked Alabama to win it all, but I know you think that they're, they're too reliant on the three-point shot, right? Yeah, I'm really interested to see, you know, you obviously have, in their case, just the whole circus going on around them, which they created themselves. And then you have just, I'm very interested to see whether that this style of play, which is so reliant on three-pointers, if if you can win six games in a row in an NCAA tournament, playing in that extreme a manner, you know, maybe you can. You know, obviously, I understand the analytics behind that approach, but I'm really interested to see. You know, they're 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 making about 33 percent, which is acceptable. You know, that's 50 percent of twos, equivalent to that. So it's okay. But you know, they 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 shoot the fourth most threes in the country. So I'm I'm really inter- I'm really interested to see how this works. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's also it's going to be interesting how they navigate the circus through the NCAA tournament as well. So, but our focus will be on Kentucky and Providence on Friday night. Like I said, seven ten start. CBS will have plenty of coverage leading up to, during, and after the game on Kentucky.com. Mark, as always, thanks for being on the podcast. 
Thanks, John. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to Kevin McNamara of WPRO Radio in Providence. Check out Kevin's website at KevinMCSports, KevinMacSports.com. My thanks to Mark Story. Follow him on Twitter at Mark C. Story. Check out his work at Kentucky.com and the Lexington Arrow Leader. Check out all of our coverage leading up to the game on Friday night. Check out my sidelines blog. I'll have live updates, a Twitter live Twitter feed during the game, and my three takeaways after the game. Thanks again to Kevin. Thanks again to Mark. Thanks again to everybody for listening. We'll catch you next time on the John Clay Podcast. <laughs>